Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. 56% of job seekers say their biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications, according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be a lonely process, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding a job that fits. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location near you at ExpressPros.com. With no fees for job seekers, visit ExpressPros.com. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. This is the best of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. The NBA remains an unbelievable mess. Last night, Mark Stein dropped a piece on ESPN.com, which I think is going to get quite a bit of attention today. And there were several details in it that were pretty wild among them. Uh, that this is not a surprise because we knew this conversation has been going on for a while, but the Cavs and the Pacers continue to have conversations about Paul George. Now, I think Indiana probably put itself into an awkward position when they did not make a trade before the NBA draft because what kind of value can you now get for Paul George? I mean, I guess you could get future year draft picks, but it's a lot harder to know exactly what those picks will be when you don't know how those seasons are going to go. So they could be contingent picks. They could be real picks. Uh, it's a lot of uncertainty. Also, every day, I would say, the value of Paul George goes down a little bit more. That's my opinion. Because once the season starts, you're renting him for an even shorter period of time. It's even more difficult to figure out what you're going to do. But according to that ESPN.com report, the Cavs and the Pacers are still discussing a Paul George trade that Denver would be the third team involved in that trade and that somehow Denver might end up with Kevin Love. So that in and of itself is a bit of a mystery, exactly what that trade would look like. But as part of that situation, this is only one of all of the stories that are kind of playing out right now in the NBA as we come up on the start of free agency early in July when guys can go sign with a new team. The official new year for the NBA, I believe, begins on July 1, which is, if I'm not mistaken, Saturday. So this week, 
potentially a lot of different uncertainty and excitement in a week when otherwise there aren't a ton of sports news going on. And by the way, we're going to have an incredible Tebow watch at the final part of this hour. If you haven't heard, Tim Tebow promoted to single A, a new franchise there in minor league baseball. Final hour of the show, special Tebow watch coming for you as Tim Tebow is now promoted. But I'm looking at this season coming up for the NBA. And as I've talked about before, and we're going to talk with Todd Furman later in this show about it, there has never been a team in pro sports in American history that is as prohibitive of a favorite right now as the Golden State Warriors are to win the 2017-2018 NBA title. And as a result of that, the NBA regular season, which already was under assault last year, is likely to be even more irrelevant than it was last year. The NBA playoffs, if the Warriors are anything like they were this past season when they went 16-1, and also looking like they don't matter as much. So I was jotting down on, uh, on my uh, always handy notebook here what I thought the best case scenario for the NBA was. And so with four major free agents or guys that we believe are on the trading block and Paul George out there, I believe that if Adam Silver were given truth serum and said exactly what he believes, then these four things need to happen. First of all, Paul George needs to go to the Cavs. And already, in addition to that report out on ESPN.com, is the possibility that the Cavs are holding out hope that Carmelo Anthony gets a buyout from the New York Knicks and is able to sign anywhere because the Cavs believe they could end up signing Carmelo Anthony. So if you toss that in, there's a good chance the Cavs get Dwayne Wade because probably likely Dwayne Wade's going to get bought out by a rebuilding Chicago Bulls team as well. If Dwayne Wade and Carmelo Anthony both got bought out, then we could see a situation where both those guys try to go join the Cavs, depending on how the financial ramifications could work, and potentially Paul George could be on the team. That's an NBA super team. That's an NBA super team. I'm still not sure if they're as good as the Warriors, but the Cavs could have at least stepped their way up. So the first thing that needs to happen is Paul George probably needs to go to the Cavs in order for the Cavs to get better, at least have some semblance of possibility that they're going to be able to take down the Golden State Warriors. Chris Paul also needs to go to the Spurs. Apologies if you are an L.A. Clippers fan, but the Clippers have reached their ceiling. They're not going to advance and challenge the Golden State Warriors in the West. It's time to break up that team. Chris Paul to the Spurs makes the Spurs, I think, a much more competitive challenger for the Golden State Warriors. In fact, Chris Paul to the Spurs may make, I think it's fair to say, would probably make the Spurs the second-best team in the NBA and make them the second most likely team to win a title, even though they would have to get past the Warriors in the NBA Western Conference. All right, what else could happen? Blake Griffin also needs to leave the Clippers, and if he went to the Thunder, it would be fascinating to see how Chris Paul, I mean, sorry, how Blake Griffin and Russell Westbrook would be able to work together. Blake Griffin went to college at Oklahoma. If he went to the Thunder, that would be good for the NBA's Western Conference competition. And finally, Gordon Hayward needs to leave the Jazz and go to the Celtics. I think all of those things happening, those four most prominent guys who are kind of in play right now. I know there's other guys out there who are free agents or potentially in play, but I don't think they really move the needle in terms of making teams substantially better. So if Adam Silver could wave his magic wand and make the NBA relevant in terms of finding contenders to compete with the Golden State Warriors. 
Paul George to the Cavs, Chris Paul to the Spurs, Blake Griffin to the Thunder, and Gordon Hayward to the Boston Celtics would make all four of those teams better and make them more likely to be able to step up and challenge the existing Golden State Warriors dynasty. Now, I'm not sure if Boston would be better than the Cavs. I don't think they would, but you would also get a more competitive Eastern Conference uh, Finals. You, in theory, would have a lot more better teams in the West as well, with the Spurs and the Thunder both getting substantially better. We already know the Timberwolves are better. There's a lot of things that could still come into play here. But again, the big report coming out last night that the Cavs and the Pacers are still talking about a trade for Paul George that would have Kevin Love going to Denver as the third team in a three-way trade. Also reports that the Cavs are holding out hope that Carmelo Anthony, whose trade value continues to be negligible, would potentially be given his buyout by the Knicks, which would allow him to theoretically sign with the Cavs. Same thing they're hoping for Dwayne Wade. Would that be enough to get the Cavs over the hump? I mean, that's kind of an intriguing question, right? To me, the biggest story here is not necessarily that the Cavs and the Pacers are still talking about Paul George. It's that potentially Carmelo Anthony could go join the Cavs and play with his good friend, LeBron James, before they began before they became hashtag future Lakers, of course. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Tim Tebow now promoted to single A. This is an amazing stat that I saw. He spent less time in rookie league ball than Bryce Harper did. (laughs) And Bryce Harper obviously has turned into a pretty good player. Tebow was asked about the promotion, and he had this to say. You know, I think for me, it's not something that I have to answer. I just go out there and try to work, and it's a lot smarter, wiser people than me that make those decisions. I just try to show up and play hard every day. For most of these guys, they've been doing it for years, and for me, it's been a half year. So it's you know still getting adjusted to. It's not something that's um, home yet, but it's it's you're getting more and more comfortable. The goal is when you're somewhere, hopefully you leave it just a little bit better than you found it, and hopefully um, that was the case here. But also, I think the the you know, people here had a great impact on me as well. It's a, it's a great town, it's a great city, and um, a lot of really awesome people. So um, I know they had a big impact on me too, so I'm very grateful. But I'm still not a Gamecock fan. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fantastic close. I mean, and, and if you heard that audio, it was kind of a confrontational question about what would you say to people who say you're not ready to be promoted. And that's why I think Tebow eventually is going to be elected as a – congressman or senator or governor from the state of Florida because he's so talented at taking tough questions and disarming the questioner and turning it into kind of an entertaining opportunity for him to tell his side of the story. But he's now been promoted. And Jason Martin, this story initially came out in the New York Daily News about a month ago, right? The idea that he was going to get promoted maybe even more than a month ago. And today it became or yesterday it became fruition. 29-year-old Timothy Richard Tebow signed with the Mets in September, spent time in the Florida Instructional League and the Arizona Fall League. How did he do in Columbia, though? He batted 220, three home runs, 23 RBIs, a 311 on-base percentage, a 340 slugging percentage, 69 strikeouts, 23 walks, and 212 at-bats for the Columbia Fireflies. That average, ninth on the team for regular players. He had 13 more strikeouts than his next closest competition. Mets general manager Sandy Alderson said his recent last three weeks are actually trending pretty well. 
given all the other circumstances, age and so forth, we thought this was the right time to promote him. The funny thing is, this news comes after a brutal stretch over the last four days where Tebow went just two for 13 in four games between June 22nd and the 25th against the Canapolis Intimidators. From the 23rd, 24th, and 25th, try 0 for 9 from the plate. Alderson admits the former NFL quarterback isn't killing the game but tries to justify the move. Quote, I think we're pleased with the first half of the season. It's not like he's tearing up the league, but at the same time, all indications are positive. Didn't so there you go. Didn't he cite like Tebow's exit velocity on his swings <laughs> as a reason to do the promotion? Like we talked about his delta, the the absurdity of the way that they track home runs now. And there was actually a full length article I read about all the different data that they put into play now when it comes to tracking home runs, exit velocity, and everything else. But I think that that a Mets GM site there cited Tim Tebow's exit velocity on his on the balls that he's hitting as a reason why he deserved to be promoted. Look, this is this is going to end. And I think I said this months ago on the show. In fact, I know I did. It's going to end. The Mets are awful. The Mets are out of the race already. They're like 12 games back, whatever it is. It's going to end with him being promoted in the major leagues this year. I think that's the trajectory that they're on. Because if they can get him to double A, if they can get him to double A before the minor league season ends – then promoting him from double A to the major leagues is not a ridiculous proposition. And the Mets are going to need to get people in the stands. They are going to need to sell gear. They're going to need to have a reason why Mets fans care at all about late September and early October. That's going to be the answer. Tim Tebow is going to play in the major leagues this year. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Just teased it, but it's time for the segment that drives everybody mad. It's Animal Thunderdome. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. This is Animal Thunderdome. I know we're on in Alaska because we have gotten calls from Alaska. I have no idea what time it is in Alaska right now, but I can only assume that everyone is dead, killed by bears in the entire state because bears are on the rampage in Alaska. They had two black bears that killed two individuals last week in Alaska. This time, bear attacks continue. This man lives in Anchorage, Alaska, just rolling down a bike path. Next thing you know, he hears a rustling sound. A brown bear emerged from the woods, ran, knocked him down, attacked him, clawing him, beating him. He may well have died if his buddy didn't suddenly have bear spray with him. And he he says, quote, Alex straight up saved my life. I'd be dead right now without Alex. They had to create a tourniquet. He was attacked. He was losing a lot of blood. They said that he nearly was killed. His artery was visible through his neck wound. Bears on the rampage. That's only one of them. Uh, And then this other one is even maybe crazier. This guy was walking on a road when he came across a bear cub. He was just out to get firewood. The next thing you know, a bear was chasing him. He climbed a tree to escape, but the bear knocked him out of the tree Unbelievable. 
And there's now like a lot of questions going on. What's happened with all these bear attacks in Alaska? Again, if you're listening in Alaska right now, you may need to go ahead and send out some Morse code, send a flare up into the sky. I think the whole state currently under siege, everybody being killed by bears. Uh, For those wondering what's behind the string of four human bear encounters, including two deaths in the space of a week, Alaskan experts have no idea. There's no denying we've had a high number of attacks in a very short span of time. I've talked to a couple of biologists about this, and the answer is nobody really knows why yet. I'm telling you, the answer is Animal Thunderdome. Animals rising up against us again. If you are in Alaska and you can hear me right now, flee. It's already too late. The bears are killing all of you. Jason Martin, do you have any additional Animal Thunderdome news, or is losing the state of Alaska to bears news enough? Well, I mean, that's not good, certainly. But in South Bend, Indiana, there was a tiger back on June 23rd. It made its way to the glass outside its enclosure at the Potawatomi Zoo in South Bend. There's a video from the zoo of the curious tiger. Tiger got out? Now, listen now. Video of the curious tiger affectionately rubbing itself up against the glass so it didn't get past the secondary glass. But this is kind of amazing. It rubbed itself up against the glass near Natasha Handshoe's pregnant belly. We went to the Wine on the Wild Side event, and this beautiful tiger knew that my cousin was pregnant. Cousin Brittany Osborne, who captured video, said the tiger was snuggling with her baby bump. It was the sweetest moment. The tiger approaches the glass as Hanshu had her back turned. Osborne wondered if the animal was able to tell she was pregnant. I began filming her because I thought it would be entertaining. Then we all realized the tiger was very interested in her baby bump. So the pregnant woman then turns her belly towards the glass and the tiger stays interested in the bump. And she said, I do believe the tiger knew I was pregnant just by the way it was acting. Yes, it knew you were pregnant and it's a tiger. And you know what it was thinking? Not good. Yeah, like the photo of just the tiger nuzzling up against this glass, against this bump. Everybody thinks it's so fantastic. I'm just thinking of dingoes. Like I know dingoes are known for it and not tigers. But if a tiger realized it was pregnant, it might have seen a four-course meal. That's all I'm saying. I'd be a little bit cautious of the tiger that won't stop looking at your baby bump through a small pane of glass. See, I don't think the tiger knew she was pregnant. I think the tiger knew that she was fat, and he was thinking <laughs> to himself, that's a great meal. Yeah, like this whole like love fest here. The zoo was delighted by the experience. Thanked Osborne for capturing the video. This is why the zoo is here, to help make connections to nature. Psh, whatever. Stay out of South Bend if you're a pregnant woman. I'm just there's so many Notre Dame football jokes there, but I'm just gonna let them pass. Oh dear lord. Well, I mean, I'm saying, I mean, just Notre Dame football hasn't exactly been on a roll. I mean, I, I, I just a lot of things that could go wrong if you go to South Bend. I think yeah. Brian Kelly's gonna get fired this season, so I don't know that pregnant people or anybody need to go. Yeah. I don't know the tiger. The tiger might be the best. I don't know, that might be the best move anybody in a Notre Dame uniform has made in about five years. But it's pretty solid because this woman thought it was so brilliant and that the, the tiger was being loving. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say probably not, not based on the Animal Thunderdome news we've had over the last several months. Can you believe the four bear attacks in Alaska? I mean, yeah, bears are bears ain't having it. Bears I mean, and in alligators. Week, in a week, the bear have just taken over the state of Alaska. I don't know. I don't know how you feel very safe if you go out into Alaska right now. Two murders. I don't know if it's a bear. Can a bear be charged with murder? I guess not really a murder. Two killings. Two maulings. 
and then two more additional attacks that nearly ended in death. There can't be very many scarier things in, Amer- in American life, I wouldn't imagine, than being chased by a bear, climbing a tree, and then having the bear come knock you out of the tree. Like, you think, first of all, I don't know about the decision to climb a tree to begin with. We know bears can climb trees. So it's not as if, oh, if I climb this tree, you're going to get away. Like, if a dog's chasing you or, like, a, a you know, I, I don't know. what's Like, I feel like a crocodile or an alligator, the, the tree climb would be a good move. But a bear tree climb, like, we know bears can climb trees. But I can't imagine, can you imagine how scary it would be to be chased by a bear, to get to a tree, to climb up in the tree, and then for the bear to climb up in the tree after you and knock you out of the tree. That has to be one of the all-time scariest moments in Animal Thunderdome history. To run, think you're safe because you've climbed a tree, and then suddenly look over your shoulder and see a bear climbing up behind you. I don't even know what you would say or do in that situation. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Join now by Doug Adler. And before we uh, were joined by Doug Adler, in the last segment, I played you some audio uh, of an incident that happened when he was calling the Australian Open tennis match back early this year at uh, at the tennis major down there. And... He was fired for using the term gorilla effect. We had him on the show after this story blew up and all of the attention that it got. And uh, we thought that Doug Adler had been treated unfairly. And since then, he's had quite a whirlwind of experiences. We bring him in now. Uh, He is a longtime tennis commentator. He is Doug Adler. He makes his living uh, out in California now. And uh, Doug, what is the latest for you since we last talked? Well, a lot of things, as you said, the whirlwind happened. I uh, had the heart attack back in February, about one month after I was fired by ESPN. And then, okay, let me stop you there. Let me stop you mm-hmm. there with the uh, the heart attack. So you were fired in January for using the term "gorilla effect" during a Venus Williams match. Uh, you've since filed a lawsuit alleging that you shouldn't have been fired. ESPN decided that it was racially racially insensitive. You went through the Twitter mob, everybody else criticizing you for it. For people who aren't familiar with this story, again, we played the audio. We'll play the audio again for you uh, as uh, as we finish this uh, this clip. We just played it last uh, segment as well. What's what's wild about this, Doug, is you were under such stress that you had a heart attack, and your doctors told you that the heart attack was brought on by the stress from this firing. Correct. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, basically. Um, I was always very careful in monitoring, you know, all of all of my physical things going on, and I would do stress tests on my on my heart to go along with physicals every year. And it, in the fall of 2015, I believe it was almost toward the end of October, uh, I did the echo stress test, and the test was was my heart showed to be in such good shape. That the, the doctor said I wouldn't even have to come back for a couple of years and even repeat the test. So <laughs> this was all stress-related. And unfortunately, you know, when I was let go, I had nowhere to turn. And, uh, you know, obviously I was able to get on your program and tell my side, but I also went on Twitter. And I think for about a month, play, I, I really didn't get much sleep. I didn't eat. I was totally stressed out. I was fighting for my life, my reputation, and uh, my credibility and my name. And I think I just, 
I just wore down. I just wore down, and uh, boom, there you go, heart attack. What happened in the heart attack circumstances? Take me through the time when you had a heart attack. We're talking to Doug Adler, and he was unfairly fired by ESPN for using the term gorilla effect, and, uh, and, and since then has had a heart attack. Give me the details as you best can of what your medical condition was and what that experience during the heart attack was like. Well, everything that uh, I've seen in records of uh, my medical records is I was I was good. I was fine. And uh, the morning of the heart attack, I had I thrown up a bit and um, thought it was like heartburn, acid reflux. And uh, 12 hours later, I was driving myself to the emergency room in Burbank, California. I had driven with a buddy down to San Diego to watch a tennis match, and and I wasn't feeling well. And then coming back, I was feeling even worse. And, uh, you know, for those of you who had one or haven't had one, it, it just lose your breath. You can't really take in oxygen, and that becomes very scary. So when I got to the emergency ward, they asked what was going on, and I said, I'm having chest pain. And and they said, triage stat. I mean, they moved on it so quickly. And um, first thing you do when you get in there is they take your EKG. And my EKG was so bad that the guy who took it didn't even look at me. He ran out of the room, called in the staff. And within about two, three minutes, there were 20 people around me wiring me up with things. Doctor walks in. And probably within a half hour of that, I had um, two stents put into my heart to stop the heart attack. <laughs> How close did they say you came to dying? Um, well, they were upset that I didn't get there right away when I started to feel signs of discomfort. But I think like so many other people, you never really think you're having a heart attack, particularly when you believe you're in good shape and you've been told that you know your heart's good. And there's no reason for me to think anything other than that. Um, and they just said, you know, I was lucky that um, for whatever reasons I was able to pull through. I can't. I just, I just think it's a little bit of luck. And in fact, I got in there, and I don't know what else to say about that, Clay, other than I'm just grateful. You know. How long were you in the hospital? Uh, well, for that particular situation, for the stents and the heart attack, I was in the hospital uh, for five days in Burbank. Uh, I think, I believe that happened on, if memory serves me correct, that happened on like a Sunday. It happened on the weekend. And uh, I was there throughout the entire week and uh, recuperating. And then by the time I recovered from the heart attack, um, I had to go have a quadruple bypass at UCLA, which was about one month following that. And that was that scared me to death because I felt like I was recovering pretty well. And uh, I remember not wanting to do that surgery because of the fear of dying. And all of this was brought on, according to your doctors, by the stress that came to your life when you were unfairly and falsely branded a racist and not stood up for by ESPN. Uh, I think everyone's heard the comment, stress kills. And, you know, had I not been on my game, had I not taken care of myself throughout my lifetime, uh, then, you know, maybe we'd be approaching it or thinking differently. But everything 
points 100% to what ESPN did and how they treated me and how they handled me. And just put yourself in my shoes. I mean, can you imagine being branded and falsely accused of being a racist? I mean, how do you recover from that? How do you defend yourself? And, and that's what I was doing, and it almost killed me. It almost killed me because I was in shock by what had happened with my employer at ESPN after so many years. They told me they knew what I said. They told me they knew what I meant. And then they said there was too much pressure coming from the other side, the social media world, the, the liberal mob. And uh, they dropped me so fast. And I think, I think, Clay, it just put me in a world of shock, a world of hurt. And the result was I almost lost my life. Did anyone at ESPN reach out to you after the heart attack or after the quadruple bypass or at any time during that to check on your condition or express good wishes towards you? Yeah, I got a few um, text messages, not phone calls, but text messages from a few of the people that I had worked with calling matches at the Australian Open, as well as the executive producer, uh, Don Colantonio, uh, who had hired me at ESPN for all these years, he actually sent me a very warm text about he had heard about it and he wanted to wish me the best in terms of recovering. So there were, yeah, a couple of people that did reach out and send me their best wishes, and I'm sure they were shocked as I was. We're talking to Doug Adler. He was fired by ESPN for using the term gorilla effect during a Venus Williams uh, match subsequently fighting for his good name had a heart attack brought on by the stress of a uh, I think it's fair to say liberal mob deciding that he was a uh, racist white guy and uh, none of that was true you worked with ESPN for 10 years Doug had there ever been any complaints about anything you'd said on a, a match before this no never I mean never and you know the, the irony of the whole thing is uh, you know like I, I my parents school teachers. Uh, I, I grew up on the public parks in Los Angeles. Uh, I went to Hollywood High School, and one of my best friends was a black guy by the name of Maurice Hunter at Hollywood High. When I went to USC my sophomore year, I played with a guy by the name of Earl Prince. He was a black guy who was a phenomenal tennis player. And my senior year at uh, SC, I um, there were four of us living together, my doubles partner, Robert Van Hoffen, two guys, one guy by the name of Kenny Smith, and the other, the other guy by the name of James Sanford. Both were uh, athletes on the track team, both black, and we lived together for the entire year. So you can imagine how ridiculous the whole thing uh, seemed to me, and it just uh, made no sense. And I just felt like ESPN, the easiest thing for them to do was to drop me um, if my name was something else other than Doug Adler, if it was John McEnroe or Brad Gilbert, I think they would have handled it entirely differently. But there just wasn't enough resources or energy or conviction from them to stand behind me, and I'm sure they thought I'd go away meekly and be done with me. She misses a first serve, and Venus is all over her. And you'll see Venus move in and put the gorilla effect on charging okay doug we played that audio you heard it now you've probably heard that a thousand times since 
Uh, we talked about this a great deal. For you, gorilla effect means what? Well, it's a compliment. It's basically it's a tactic and a strategical approach to, to tennis when you do something that your opponent is not going to expect. And you become you go from a basically pacified position to a very aggressive position. And, and it's all about trying to win. And, you know, very few players in today's game really attack the net. It's the game is played from the back of the court. Um, but, you know, my day it wasn't. And even the way a lot of the best players play today, they surprise you. They take the ball early, they pound it, and they come in and they win the point and basically they intimidate their opponents that way. It is actually a compliment to be used, and that's entirely the way that I was using it. And when you saw that this video was going viral, you watched it again, and you told your executive producers, like, look, this is a term that's existed in tennis for a while. Gorilla effect, I would say, I've said this on the air before, gorilla effect, you don't refer to an animal as an effect, right? If I wanted to say that you were like a panda bear, I wouldn't say, oh, it's a panda bar, panda bear effect, right? I wouldn't say, just for people out there listening right now, to me, it's the use of the term gorilla effect, that makes it clear that you're talking about something other than the animal because there's no animal that you use the word effect after. Some people might be saying, oh, what about the butterfly effect? Well, that's not referencing the butterfly at all. That's referencing, you know, like a complex system that can happen in the history where, whereby if you touch a butterfly, you can set loose a hurricane if you went back in time or whatever else. But otherwise, no animal. You don't say, oh, that's a horse effect. That's a... Uh, that's a dog effect. That's a cat effect. You don't say gorilla effect, meaning the animal itself. You're saying gorilla warfare, G-U-E-R-R-I-L-L-A. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. But in w- w- the reason why I find your story so fascinating, we're talking to Doug Adler, is because context doesn't matter anymore. Context doesn't matter in an age of social media. You can have a guy like Doug Adler who's never done anything wrong in his life who says one sentence on a ESPN3 broadcast, right? This wasn't even on ESPN or ESPN2. The clip is taken out of context, placed on the internet. Next thing you know, guy's getting fired, and he's driven himself to such rage and, uh, and discomfort over this entire situation, over the attack upon him, that he has a heart attack and nearly dies. I mean, I think your story is, is incredibly compelling and also emblematic of our times and, and should be a, a signal post for people out there to not assume the worst about people without the context being considered. Yeah, well, social media and the people that were the part of the mob didn't know anything about me. They didn't know who I was married to. I mean, I could have been married to a, a woman of color. They didn't know about my children or if I had children. Nothing about me other than they just jumped on me and looked to basically through hate and anger look to kill me. And they basically were illiterate because they didn't understand the term has been used in tennis for years and years and years. It's been written about in tennis for years and years. And the point that you make, Clay, is so good. By saying gorilla effect, that absolutely states exactly what my intention was. If you're referring to an animal, why would you not just say like a gorilla? So anyways... I don't look at life that way. I don't look at people that way. And when I'm calling a tennis match, it doesn't matter what the color of the individual is. I'm only identifying what's required tactically, strategically, 
to get the W, to win. And that's what makes me maybe stand out as a commentator. I mean, I'm not, I'm not really personalizing anything. I'm just talking about what you got to do to win, to be a champion. And, you know, this thing, this whole blow up to me is just so indicative of, of so many other issues going on around the world, within our country. It's become so apparent to me. And boy, nothing like being falsely accused. And is there really anything worse than being falsely accused bogusly of being a racist? I can't think of anything really worse than that. How do you get out of how do you get out of that? A pedophile is probably worse. They, but you know, I don't wish that on anyone. The I fact that wish- you go to that analogy, and I don't think it's a wrong one at all. The fact that you go to the analogy of the worst things that you can be accused of as a white man today and how difficult it is to defend yourself, especially when your company throws you under the bus like ESPN did. Now, you have fought back. You have filed a lawsuit against ESPN. What do you hope happens from your lawsuit? Well, there's a couple things. Uh, Obviously, I I want my name cleared. I want my reputation back. I want to be unfired. I think I'm owed an incredible apology. Uh, because without that, uh, I, it's just impossible to get work. And um, I think uh, they've treated me unfairly and they've treated others unfairly. And I don't want to see this happen to anyone else ever again. And whatever I can do to prevent it from happening to anyone else, that's what my intention is. We're talking to Doug Adler. You mentioned that ESPN has fired you. We just saw the French Open happen. Wimbledon is happening next week. It starts, I believe. You aren't going to be able to work those tournaments. You haven't been able to work any other tournaments either because ESPN's firing has ricocheted across the tennis universe and almost made you unemployable in some sense, correct? Unfortunately, that's accurate. I lost my French Open job having worked uh, 10 French Opens in a row. I received uh, an email. Uh, from my employer, that was the Tennis Channel, and Tennis Channel basically dropped me. Uh, Wimbledon is an ESPN event, dropped from that, and I lost even another job not affiliated with either one, a job in Washington, D.C. called the City Open, where uh, my employer wanted me back, the public relations firm from the tournament wanted me back. Um, Everyone wanted me, but City Group, the sponsor, of the city open, it went to their legal department and they said they could not take any risk in getting any negative feedback, which was horribly chicken on their part. And I lost that job after having that job for eight years. So I'm basically not hireable at this point in time. ESPN recently rehired Hank Williams Jr., who it had fired. <laughs> you may have seen oh this because he what compared, I believe, Barack Obama to Hitler on uh, on. A Fox News channel. They rebring back Hank Williams Jr. He compared the president to Hitler in some way. Uh, you were not employed despite the fact that you have done absolutely nothing. What was your reaction when you saw that story about Hank Williams Jr. coming back? My reaction was ESPN is so different. So in, in, they're having so much difficulty in terms of uh, losing subscribers and the uh, they're having so much trouble that they are looking for any way possible to get the people that have turned against them to come back. And I really felt that the Hank Williams situation was so hypocritical because, I mean, 
if what he did was that wrong and that bad, why would all of a sudden they bring him back unless they were that desperate for bringing in the right side, which is the conservative side of the country. In other words, that's so much of the side that has left them. They have this liberal bias. They play politics. The Hank Williams thing obviously tied to the biggest the biggest promotion that ESPN does, which is NFL Monday Night Football. You can't get any bigger than that. Bring Hank Williams back, say it's no big deal, and get the folks that have left you to say, oh, look at their changing heart, their changing politics. And I just think it's um, very, very hypocritical. That's my, that's my perspective. I don't know if you agree with that or not, Clay, but I'm happy for Hank Williams Jr. But what does that say about ESPN and their, and their methods and, and their morals and their ethics? What do you want to happen now? Huh. I want to go to work. I want to get healthy and strong. You know, what I want to have happen is a, is a tough question to answer because, you know, after what I've been through, there's so much to recovery. And I just believe if I stay positive, I'll get there. And certainly the people that know me support me. I think the most, the single most important thing to me, what do I want to have happen now? I want ESPN to apologize to me and make up for all the damage that they have created, both work, career, reputation, and health. Doug, I think a lot of people who are listening to you right now are rooting for you, not just for what you represent, but for a lot of people out there who may not have the opportunity to stand up to a big company when suddenly they end up in the flashpoint and they've done nothing wrong and the company just throws them underneath the bus. We're rooting for you. Thank you for coming and spending time with us here on this morning. And uh, we look forward to talking to you and staying updated on your, your quest for, uh, for redemption in many measures, for a redemption that you shouldn't have to seek. Thank you, my man. Stay healthy. Thank you very much. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.